Welcome to Built in Texas, y'all. This is Jasmine Brand, and I am your host. Every week, we introduce you to the incredible women leaders making a difference and an impact in the state of Texas. This week, meet Sandy Diaz-Haley. She is the founder of Badass Ladies DFW, as well as an expert in all things diversity, equity, and inclusion. Join us for a fun conversation on the power of community and the role diversity plays as you build your business. Enjoy the show. How are you? Welcome to Built in Texas. How are you? I am great. Long time no see, Jasmine. I'm so excited. I know. The last time I saw you, I think you only had one child. Yeah, a lot, a lot has changed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I birthed a human. Uh, she's a little over two now, Sophia Christina. So yeah, life is life is good. That's great. Well, Excited to introduce you to our community of, of women around the state. We probably have one or two guys that listen. So let me not just say women, the, the women and the one or two men that <laughs> that tune in with us every week. But would love for you to introduce yourself to our community and tell us how did you start your, your organization, Badass Ladies? Yeah, happy to do that. Sandy Diaz Haley. Uh, I'm currently the VP of Diversity, Equity and Inclusion at Mr. Cooper. And I'm also the founder of Badass Ladies of DFW. Badass mm -hmm. Ladies is an organization that five years ago, um, I started after uh, a layoff, right? So mm -hmm. I was working for a global PR agency. We lost one of our major clients and uh, I was part of that global layoff. And so I planned a happy hour and I called it Badass PR Lady Happy Hour, not thinking it was going to turn into what it is five years later. But it just ended up being a great event. We had we had like, I don't know, 40 plus women show up. And it was just I was very uh, vulnerable and mm -hmm. uh, authentic and just said, hey, I need a job. I've helped you. Can you help me? I think people appreciated that. Right. And the authenticity of it. And um, I just decided, you know, we need a community like this where people can be honest and vulnerable and connect with one another. I think as women, we all crave community and connection. Like we need to know we're not in this alone. And so because I had the time, I just started a Facebook page. I just called it badass PR lady, you know, whatever, not thinking anything of it. And because I was interviewing for jobs, I would post and say, Hey, this isn't the right fit for me, but who else would be interested? And that is actually how I, I found uh, the Mr. Cooper opportunity. Um, mm -hmm. And so in five years later, we just celebrated our five-year anniversary. Pre-COVID, we had at least quarterly networking events, and we're kind of getting back into the swing of things now. But it honestly went from PR concentration to now, um, and then it evolved into communications. And now it's, um, you know, 2,000 plus women from different industries, different functions, and uh, definitely beyond PR, beyond communications, and not just in in DFW, which is amazing. So yeah, I'm really proud of what we've been able to build, to build and grow. That's incredible. And so Tell us more about the community too. So I will tell you this about Badass Ladies. It has definitely expanded, but I will tell you, Sandy, that anytime a young woman that is in communications or PR, I immediately tell her to go to your group because of the quality of women in that in that field that were there from the beginning that have continued to still support you. But every time I'm like, you need to go join this group. They're like, it's badass. I said, trust me, <laughs> it is. It literally is badass women in there. So that's exciting. But Tell us more about the community. I mean, it, it's all women. You said they're they're mostly DFW, but what are some of the other industries besides PR and communications that you've seen? 
Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much because I mean, it really is just been word of mouth. Right. And so I am so grateful for those recommendations. And I mean, I'm just, I really, that is how we have grown is, mm -hmm. is through other badass ladies who, you know, can, can spread the word and, and help to create those connections. Um, so thank you for that. Um, so yeah, it's really evolved. So you know, when I joined uh, Mr. Cooper, it's a mortgage servicer, you know, it's a mortgage company. So it definitely went into, you know, financial services and some fintech. And those were not things that I was involved in previously. So I think it definitely expanded our network. And then in the last year plus that I have really evolved in, uh, in a, a more formal uh, DEI role, diversity, equity, inclusion, that has also expanded our network into mm. uh, different facets of, of, of DEI. And that also brings things like different HR functions, whether it's HR business partners or, you know, recruiters, talent acquisition, executives, um, learning and development. So just across the board. It's really continuing to grow kind of I feel like as I sort of as my interests starts start to expand as well and my network starts to grow I kind of, you know, recruit people over so it's it's been it's been great it's 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 definitely a diverse group and it is um, men and women. Right. So we do have some some amazing men in the group. Um, and so we're, we're looking at, you know, expanding our name and our brand, mm. the ladies, uh, because we obviously want to provide opportunities for all. So that's also very exciting for us. Very cool. Very cool. We're planning on building this community, but that's sometimes how some of the best communities and vibes it's like a party. Sometimes you didn't plan to to host a party and then it becomes like the best night ever. Mm -hmm. uh, but community is, some of it is organic, but some of it is intentional too. Can you tell us, tell us about maybe some of your experiences in building this community? What's worked, what hasn't, any like advice or strategies for someone listening that is also looking to build a community? It's hard because for me, it, like, you know, like you said, it, it was never intended to be what it is today. Um, but cause I probably wouldn't have called it badass, you know, but, <laughs> but that's just the, you know, nature of the beast and what happened. But I think what has made it work is kind of the word of mouth, the, um, organic nature of it, the authenticity of it, how mm -hmm. it is very, um, just very genuine, right? People make gen genuine connections. It's not, um, just very straight lace come in, you put on your name tag and hi, I'm Sandy, you know, whatever. It's, um, it's, it's about building real relationships, mm -hmm. right. That are meaningful. Um, you know, it's going to be what you put into it. That's what you get out of it. And remembering that is the most important part. Um, I always try to be extremely transparent and authentic. Sometimes I'm a little too transparent and, and authentic, but you know, I'll just say it's part of my charm, but um, I, I don't always know, you know, what I'm doing. Hence why I, I'm, I'm telling you today, this wasn't what it was supposed to yeah. be. I'm so glad that it is. And at our five-year anniversary event last month in October, I, I got to be honest, like I had to get up and kind of do a little speech and I, I was very honest. And I said, I didn't think anyone was going to show up today. Because we hadn't really celebrated together in person in such a long time. We had a two-year anniversary event and it was on the rooftop downtown. It was you know huge, like I think a hundred women or something. But this was different because COVID was so dark for so yeah. many of us. Um, 
but it, it almost made the need for community um, just so much so much stronger, right? Because we've all been through this like collective trauma together as like a human race, yeah. right? We really have. And so it was just, I just had to get up there and say, I didn't know if you all were going to show up, you know? But I felt like the conversations with people and people saying, you know, thank you for starting this. I was able to meet so-and-so who has now become, you know, a trusted colleague and a best friend, or I found a job through this, or I've gotten great clients through this, or just, I needed the confidence, you know, boost from other women to support each other, because there are so many times where we should never compete. Your success is my success, right? And so that really just was invigorating and it reminded me, okay, we're, we're going to, we're going to do this. And we need, we need this desperately as, as, as women, but just as professionals in general. Yeah. You know, what's so interesting about thinking about how you built badass ladies is that sometimes you don't always have a plan. I, I love how refreshing it is for you to share that because sometimes it feels like, especially with social media, everything looking very glossy and perfect. It looks like she's got everything together. She's done this plan. A lot of us are still trying to figure it out. I tell people all this all the time. I'm still learning. I'm still making mistakes. Like sometimes it does look good because it is sometimes, but a lot of times it's a, it's a big old hot mess. And I think, and all of us have this thing of feeling confident though, even though the women in your group would probably be shocked to hear this, Sandy, because there's been so much value from the group and you can see the positivity in the comments and everybody's super supportive, but I think that's why it's so important for us to have these conversations because we're kind of all going, as you said earlier, we're all kind of going through something together, right? All of us are going through something together. And, you know, there could be not to doom and gloom, but we could be facing, you know, a pending um, recession and there's inflation and there is, we just don't know what's next. And so the importance of knowing that we're not in it alone and we can be resourceful, right? And we can kind of rise like a phoenix, you know, from the ashes. Um, I think I, I was telling somebody today, I feel like I thrive in this sort of um, mm-hmm. chaos or the the kind of the unknown, even though I'm just this planner, I feel like it's almost a challenge, right? What is that quote? Is it like, um, I can and I will watch me. Yes. That yes. That's is, your vibe. That's your vibe, Sandy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> 100%. Love that. What have you, you know, you talked about kind of how you found an opportunity in your group, which I think that's so fascinating that along the way, as you're trying to create these opportunities for other women, you found an opportunity too, which has always been my kind of saving grace for myself. It, when I help women, they always help me back too without even thinking about it. But this year has been interesting for so many different reasons. Tell us about um, what wins have you had this year? What challenges or what are you kind of navigating through? Maybe share some of your experiences. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I know. See, maybe we should have had some wine for that conversation, right? And I'm going to take a sip of my water here. I promise that's all it is. Well, if I think about it, well, two things. The one thing that I've learned that has been a challenge, but I think a good lesson learned for me, um, because I've I've always kind of touched and been in and out of uh, the DEI world, diversity world, uh, in previous roles in my career, but the opportunity to really formally be um, in this DEI world and have that be a part of my title and my function has been very interesting. Um, I, I would say that part of it is 
I don't know, I kind of, I, I had this illusion that um, I could one, come in and save the world. And I am results driven and I have zero patience because I'm a doer. I'm going to roll up my sleeves and I'm going to get it done. And then we're going to move on to the next. And that's not DEI <laughs> at all. It is a marathon, not a sprint. And so I would almost beat myself up about that. Um, so that was a good kind of taking a step back and thinking, okay, you have to be patient. But the other thing is too, a lot of times when, you know, we think about professionals and DEI, we think that we are open-minded and we're flexible when maybe sometimes we're just the opposite because we might not have the same views on things. Right. And so that doesn't mean that I'm not open-minded because you don't believe what I believe. So there's this element of like, you have to be prepared to meet people where they're at. They might not think like you, you know, everybody has a different perspective, you know, that makes up who they are and their belief system and their values. And you got to be okay with that. And you got to be okay with wanting people to, to learn and listen, but that's, that's not something that people are, are necessarily open to. Right. And so I think, knowing that it's a, a marathon, not a sprint, and, and being flexible to meeting people where they're at, because a lot of people aren't ready for this. And I wasn't prepared to realize how many people maybe were not ready for, for a lot of this, um, a lot of the, the DEI conversation, uncomfortable conversations, right, um, that are really important. Um, and that's okay. You know, it has to be a judgment-free zone. It has to be, let's have an open, let's, actively listen to each other. Let's, let's just have a conversation, you know, where I'm not going to judge you. You're not going to judge me. So that's been, it's definitely changed my perspective on a lot of, on a lot of things getting into this more um, formal DEI role. Yeah. What's so interesting about DEI and, and we got to see a lot of this with George Floyd and just so many of the different things that have happened. It's been surprising to see kind of people's, um, thoughts and ideas versus their actions. A lot of times you'll hear organizations have kind of strong DEI missions, but then sometimes you start to see the actions kind of match the, the messaging and the words. And I think it's, it's to your point exactly, this is hard, tough work, right? You may have the, the, the goal to, to support DEI and to really embrace it, but then you start thinking about my own unconscious biases around experiences with it. It is really tough, uncomfortable conversation. Sometimes when I see people post things on LinkedIn, I'm like, oof, am I getting into that one? Ooh, this is sticky. Can you tell us some of your, the, the work that you do, um, the impact of DEI on organizations? We have so many business owners that are listening and female founders. Why is DEI a, a really critical role for organizations for, or for businesses? And what, what, should, what should a woman-owned business be thinking about as mm -hmm. she's exploring DEI? And maybe if she's doing it for the first time. Yeah, no, I think, look, DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and belonging, DIDB, a lot of it is about, I think about it as um, having empathy, having empathy and having perspective. And that's universal, bar none. That is, that's just table stakes, right? And so it doesn't, we don't have to make it as complicated as this whole thing. It's as simple as being open to hearing other people's perspective and the importance of that perspective. So like the importance of you walking in my shoes, me walking in your shoes, um, thinking about things a little bit differently, 
right? Um, I, um, I'm a Latina. I'm originally from Lima, Peru. I moved to the U.S. when I was six years old with my family. And um, you wouldn't really know that about me because I certainly don't sound and sometimes look, you know, like, like a Latina. I also have multiple sclerosis. Mm-hmm. Uh, people might not know that I'm handicapped, right? Um, and so looks can be very deceiving, right? Um, and I always like to start with storytelling. Um, I like to share my personal story of, you know, the the way that I came to this country and how, you know, my view of how I grew up, because it's told it throws people off. I've always loved that. <laughs> um, because it is the perfect example of you think you know where this person is from and who they are, what they're about, when you really have no idea. Um, so I always come at it from perspective and empathy. And I think people connect to storytelling. That's how that's how we connect to each other. So starting there and being really simple about it is is important. Now there's a you know uh, an evolved framework. You got to you know crawl, walk, run to get to a place where you're looking at diversity and you're hiring and those kinds of things. But at the end of the day, the foundation needs to be there. That the importance is that everybody needs to feel comfortable like their voices are heard it's that simple but it's not that simple you know what i mean it is and i think you you may have the intentions to do that as a leader but we know most leaders and i can even speak for myself where it's flawed right whoever taught you how to be a leader whatever you were exposed to is kind of some of the things you do and so that's why I believe wholeheartedly DI training and the work is so important because a lot of leaders don't know how to embrace it, don't know how to get started. I'm curious about something you said earlier. It leads me to my next question about misconceptions because people have so many about me. I, I've heard some of them. I'm just like, oh, my gosh, just as a, as a woman, as a business owner, as a black woman, as, as so many different things, someone from Texas. There's lots of things when I'm traveling and people are like, you're from Texas? I'm shocked. I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm scared to ask <laughs> what that means. What are some of the misconceptions? I mean, I think you alluded to some of this earlier about you being Latina and having MS, but what are some of the misconceptions that people may have about you? Okay, so um, my family, we are assigned Halloween costumes every year. So my six-year-old daughter, last year we were Alice in Wonderland, Before the year before that we were Wizard of Oz. I swear this is related to the question. But um, this year we were uh, the family from Encanto. Um, and so, you know, my daughter, one of my daughters was Maribel, uh, Mirabel, and my husband was Bruno. And so I ended up being Luisa. Luisa is the strong one who sings that song about the pressure on the dick. And I have never in my life re- related to a character period, be, be it animated or not, than I have to um, Luisa. Uh, she, her superpower for the family is the fact that she's extremely strong. She can move. The song is like, I move mountains and churches, but the pressure is all on her Mm. always. And so that's what I was for Halloween. And I think that I give off this, um, the perception that I give off is that I'm very confident. And I mean, I am, and then I'm very strong. Um, and I am, Mm -hmm. but, um, there are cracks there, right? Um, and I think that nothing that I do, I never do it alone, right? Um, I have an incredible support system. I mean, my husband is, I mean, he's just ride or die. Um, I don't know if it's going to be inappropriate to say this on, a, on the podcast, but the perfect definition for him is down bitch. 
I know that's right. Down. You don't have to describe it. I already know what that means. Yes. He is just, he's a DB. Yes. Amazing. Um, We need to do a whole other show on how we find those, Sandy. That's going to be our part two, y'all, who's tuned in. How do we find a DB? Seriously, you need to teach a class. We need to, yeah. DBs are hard to find, I tell you. But He's a DB and, you know, I've got other DBs on my board of directors and people that uh, believe in me that um, are, you know, um, just kind of hyping me up and ready to, to also say, hey, be honest with me and mm, I don't know about that. Or, hey, remember this and you always do this. So think about that. Just like looking out for you. So I think the misconception is that I'm strong, that I'm super confident and I do this alone and I don't do any of it alone. So that's incredible. So I, I wanted to get back to kind of the community building and networking too. Some advice, because we're almost out of time. This goes by so fast. It does. <laughs> but, oh my gosh. I know, right? Uh, but um curious about, so we talked about it from the community builder side. You kind of shared kind of that process. But what about for a woman that is looking to build network? You know, we've got so many transplants that move to Texas, but also women that have been here for a long time and still find it really hard. I'll meet a woman in Dallas and she's like, I don't know how to get connected. And she's born and raised there. So do you have any advice for someone that is looking to build community? Um, specifically those, I think, that are coming from a, a diverse perspective, too, because I think that's some of the challenges, too. You don't feel like you always belong. Um, and I think that's one of the amazing things about Badass Ladies. It's an yeah. extremely diverse group. I noticed that from the beginning. And that's stuff you can't fake. You can tell when there's just some authentic diversity here, but maybe some advice for, for a woman looking to build network. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that I'll say, I'll go back to last month, part of my speech. Um, you know, I stood up there and it's awkward and embarrassing to go to a networking event, right? It's just like, you know, you put, again, you put on your name tag and I hate putting on the name tag. It's the worst. Um, and you just have to, hi, I'm, I'm Sandy. And who are you? And, and it is just, it's like going to these networking events. It's like a workout. You're dreading it. You don't want to go to the gym, but when you're there, you're like, this isn't that bad. And then when you leave, I'm glad I did that. It's the same thing with networking. I'm going to be as embarrassed and uncomfortable and awkward as you are, right? You walking up to me and vice versa. But at the end of the day, we're all feeling the same thing. So let's just jump right in because we're all going to be looking for connection. And I know that's easier said than done, but just remember that, right? The next time you do, just just put yourself out there and because why not? What do you have to lose? The person's not interested. Okay, well, then maybe don't go to a networking event. You know? No, and I think it's such a great point, too, that um, we're all kind of nervous figuring things out. I, I think social, social media makes this kind of difficult, though, because some women look like they have it all together. And I know you start talking to women leaders and just women in general, no matter what level they are in the C-suite or their companies, everybody's got something that they're either embarrassed about, nervous about, working on. I mean, I've been trying to lose 20 pounds standing for two years, like it's still here. I don't know where it's just it's just here. She's here, not leaving us. Sure. <laughs> it's just who it is. So I love this. Let's just jump in together. And like, what is the worst thing? I always assume most of the women that I'm meeting want nothing but the best for me. That's the energy that I've always tried to put. Now, you know, there's a couple of women out there that maybe don't. But for the most part, I think most women are, are rooting for another woman, too. Is that your experience as well? 100%. I don't think I've ever had, I, I can count on, God, I don't know, less than one, you know, one hand, whatever um, experiences when there, there were, there were women who didn't want to see me succeed. Um, and that's okay too. You know, that's their own journey. Uh, but I, I do, I truly believe that, like I said, um, a rising tide 
something all ships. Or yes, lift all ships. And I believe that your success is my success. And at the end of the day, we all want, I always uh, assume positive intent. I just think that it's really important. I, I don't really, people, I don't, and maybe people can call that naive, but I, I like to call it um, optimism. And I'm always going to be optimistic. So I love that. What's next? You kind of alluded to this earlier, but what's next for Badass Ladies? Yeah. So for Badass Ladies, we are, the time has come. We are going to rebrand ourselves. Uh, again, we want to be more inclusive. So we're going to be open to calling ourselves more than just ladies because we are more than just ladies um, and kind of treating um, the organization as more of a you know collective or something along those lines. And then, yeah, we're going to change the, the badass part of it, which is that'll always be our history. And at our core, we're still going to be badass. But I think as we evolve into the next phase of the organization and our journey and what we want to do next, we need to, you know, maybe be a little bit more polished and more professional um, as we look at, you know, uh, partnering with some larger organizations. So it's a very exciting time. And then for me professionally is I am actually looking at uh, becoming a DEI consultant so working with organizations, uh, foundations, or, you know, whatever that may be, companies that, that are looking for, for some strategy when it comes to their, their, their diversity, or maybe lack thereof. I am, I'm here to provide them framework and, you know, the tools that they need. So I'm very excited about what's to come in 2023. That's so exciting. And, you know, I don't know about you, but as you get older, it doesn't seem like the time just flies by. I feel like it'll be 2023 20, tomorrow, right? Oh, <laughs> which is exciting. You've got a lot of exciting things planned. What can our community do for you? How can we support kind of the work you're doing? And are you planning to do a DEI, but also with Badass Ladies? How can we support you? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, um, you can find us on Facebook, uh, Badass Ladies of DFW. The S's are dollar signs. We are also on LinkedIn, Badass Ladies of DFW. Um also Instagram, but you know, I've got to prioritize and I can't even remember what our Instagram handle is right now. Uh, you can also uh, connect with me on LinkedIn, Sandy Diaz Haley. So um, on, on LinkedIn, so you can find me. I'm There's only one of me out there, which is great. So I would love to connect with other women out there on just about anything. That is literally my love language, my superpower and what lights me up. So let's connect. Love that. And we always like to end Built in Texas honoring other women. And so would love for you to take us home or wrap up the show with a Texas woman that inspires you. It could be someone that is personal to you. It could be a famous person. She could be with us now. Or maybe she's long gone. But what Texas woman or women um, would be inspiration for you? And we've seen, heard everything on here. We've had Georgia O'Keefe, Felicia Rashad, um, and Richards, I mean, Laura Bush, it's been all over moms. Yeah. So there's been a lot. So what Texas woman or women have been inspiration for you? So Ann Richards is definitely on my list being one of the only female governors for the state of Texas, Texas of all states. Hello. Right. So that's pretty incredible. Um, see Barbara Jordan. She was a civil rights activist. She was also the first uh, woman or black woman who was in Congress and in the Senate. Yeah. So that's pretty incredible. Um, you know, I recently went to the Chicks concert. Ooh. You know, they dropped the the yes. Chicks. And um, it was just, I, I forgot how much I love 
what they stand for. Yes. No, they came out, they were so brave and brazen and what they believed in. And then they just kind of, they were, uh, you know, unapologetically themselves before it was a thing. Um, and I just, I loved, you know, their performance and what they stand for. And, and it just, they're about empowering women, right. And not just women, but yeah. you know, everybody, you know, um, marginalized communities. And I just, I was, I forgot, I was like, Oh, I forgot how much I really like, uh, these women and what they have to say, especially it's brave, you know, being in, in, in country music and in Texas. So I was looking around at all those cowboys going, I hope they're okay with all, all of this. But um, I just, I love that. There's something about being, just being proud and firm and confident in who you are and what you believe that is so refreshing and inspiring. And I just love that. I mean, they legit are badass ladies, right? 100%. 100%. Literally, if I Google that, I mean, it's got to be the chicks. Literally. And then the voices, I mean, just in just adding the voices and the music too, right? Like they're so brave and what they, but just you drop in the music, you're like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Done. <laughs> well, Sandy, thank you so much for joining us this week. I'm so excited for, for Badass Ladies, but it sounds like you're about to enter a new chapter two with your consulting. And this is a time now more than ever where we need both community, but we also need to really change our our perspectives on how we view each other and our background and our stories. So, so excited about what the next year holds for you. And um, thank you so much for joining us this week. Thank you for having me.